0: This is Bernard, and you're listening to Cut to the Chase.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. This is your host, Gregory Proctor. Episode 24 Failure is Not an Option. Failure is not an option, which is attributed to Glenn Krantz, the flight director of Gemini, Apollo Space Shuttle Mission. And in the movie, Apollo 13, Ed Harris made this statement, failure is not an option. However, it was never really stated on the actual mission. So today to our listeners, what we were going to be talking about is how two young minority business visionaries contracted their way during the 90 era. In, in innovation and basically through that innovation they were faced with misfortune and odds and various things that caused them uh, basically to look at whether or not it would even be favorable for them to declare success or victory. These two pioneers refused to surrender. They kept using the expression, failure is not an option, to keep their roused and to push ahead with living out their dreams. And so with that being said to our listening audience, we're gonna take a deep look at our special guest. He's a good friend of mine, and probably before LinkedIn was even evolved, you know, we were sitting around with our own version of LinkedIn, uh, basically talking about ideas and, and creativity. And so Bernard, our special guest, is a small business owner. He's an engineer with over 20 years of high-tech experience, including semiconductor, process equipment, and computer chip manufacturing in various plants. He's experienced and successful not only as a small business owner in the semiconductor business, but also in data center, facility infrastructure system management, and cybersecurity information assurance. Bernard has specialized not only in cybersecurity, real estate investment, facility automation, small business, not only here domestically but abroad, renewable energy, semiconductor process equipment and maintenance and decommissioning services. Bernard is highly educated from... Wesley Governor university also virginia commonwealth university parks college in st louis missouri and also bs in aeronautical engineering and with all of that being said bernard has always continued to maintain His resiliency as it became to certifications and staying on the cutting edge, he's also certified as a CISSP, CAP, CompTIVA, uh, Cloud Server Alliance, uh, AWS, Scrum Master, FAA. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And the one thing that I truly endure about my friend is the fact that his entrepreneurial spirit never dies you know besides all the other accolades and everything that I've talked about to our listening audience Bernard believes in business and he believes in ventures and so above and beyond those other things he's also gone off past and present and created EB Technologies Mission Vet Cyber Solution LLC Detroit DC Property LLC Innovative Power Technologies LLC ETN Future Future Visions Future Visions Entertainment, and Future Visions Relocation Services. Overall, to our listeners, my dear friend Bernard, he's not only a husband, he's a father, but he's a go-getter, he's an innovator, he's a game-changer who accepts challenges and adversity head-on to deliver the best possible outcome. Well, Bernard, you know, typically I don't do very well introducing people. Do you have any opening remarks?
0: Well, I'd like to say, Craig, thank you very much for inviting me to your podcast, uh, Cut to the Chase. Uh, I've been following you, and uh, I'm just delighted uh, to be with you this evening um, uh, and talking with you. Uh, you've been a good friend of mine over the years. We've known each other for huh, well over 20 years. Um, you know, So we've got a lot of stories, a lot of background, um, failures and success. So I'm just you know looking forward to having an engaging conversation. Uh, with you and hopefully at the end of the day uh, we would have um, provided you know some good substance to uh, our listeners and uh, hopefully help
1: somebody out uh, to figure their way out absolutely 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 so so as we begin to talk talk to you know some of the things that that kind of revert back to failures not an option you know my first question is 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 like do you recall kind of like, you know, when we when we first met, you know, we're talking like we're talking like the mid 90s, late 90s. You know, I, I recall, you know, some of the things as it were late to us eating lunch late at night, you know, around midnight, sitting around the table, you and I and other engineers and technicians basically talking about our future. You want to you want to share with our audience some of those some of those earlier stages of of how you met me and 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 basically some of the journeys and things that we had some of the discussions (laughs) yeah well (laughs) yeah
0: definitely you know like you said we 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 definitely uh met in the late 90s Uh, i i want to say maybe 1997 1998 uh time frame we both worked at uh at the time in richmond uh, a company called uh, white oak semiconductor um well they've changed their name several times since then but uh, and went out of business. <laughs> now they're a data center from what I understand. But anyways, um, yeah, so those days were very interesting. And one thing that I've never told you is that you actually inspired me, uh, you know, early back then, because you mentioned that you always wanted to do something. Uh, you wanted to own your own business, do your own thing. And you know, that stuck with me. Even when you and I separated for that time when I basically moved up to Northern Virginia and accepted a new position as a field service engineer with, with a company that was based out of California. But I remember uh, doing some of these late night sessions, as you mentioned, you know, we'd have all sorts of conversations about, you know what, um, how many minorities are in the semiconductor industry, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know just the fact that, you know, that we have to have a bigger presence and you know we just we we've always looked at things outside of the box we never accepted what everybody else has considered to be the norm and uh you've certainly inspired me and you know i, I don't think i've ever told you that after all these years this is one of the first time i've mentioned this to you but you were my uh, catalyst into really going on to the business uh, side
1: wow wow well 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 certainly uh certainly flattered by that and, and, and I appreciate it and and you know as as we continue to talk about some of these earlier days, you know like like I mentioned earlier on, you know the, the, the perception that I want people to understand is that you know at 11, 12 o'clock at night after you've been working you know watching an equipment run or doing uh, preventative maintenance and you come down and you sit down with your co-workers, you know, the only thing you can really think about is why am I working late at night, you know? I mean, I want to be doing something different, you know. I'm not I'm not at home sleeping with my wife and and kissing my kids to go to bed. And so some of these discussions that we had were so deep. They were so therapeutic. They were they were completely involved with regards to as you said, you know, how we thought about things in in our in our in our distant future. And I recall a lot of times when you and I would sit there and we would talk and what will happen is everybody would be like, okay, these two are, they're going to be talking about business. And the only thing we, you know, some of the other guys want to talk about was sports. And then eventually after everybody ate, you know, you and I would still be sitting there at the table, kind of pondering over ideas and strategies and trying to figure out, you know, things as, as to how we would be able to move forward. But, you know, do you do you ever think back and realize that a lot of those guys back then that we work with, the one thing that they kept telling us, you guys, if you guys go out and do anything, you know, you're going to come back. You're going to be a, you're going to be a part of of what's going on here. We don't really see you guys going out there and being as successful as you guys are thinking about being successful. So, you know, that kind of resonated with me. And so my next question to you is, did that kind of resonate with you with the fact that we were so different in our creative thinking, unlike, you know, others that we were working with, our colleagues, that uh, we just wanted to kind of separate ourselves? I mean, what were your thoughts back then?
0: Yeah. So, no, I, uh, I share the same thoughts as you do. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, back then, you um, and, and like you, I mean, I've always had a strong mind, right? I mean, I, I've never been the one to allow people to tell me what I can and can't do. Um, and so, you know, I've, you know, yeah, sure, I'll listen to what somebody has to say, but then I'll, you know, I'll process it. And if it makes sense, maybe I'll take, you know, some of the advice here and there. But at the end of the day, I make my own choices. Um, but yeah, my, um, you know, my philosophy is, you know you need to get out of your comfort zone you don't grow while playing it safe um and so you know I've, I've you know my my parents as you know not to kind of uh deviate too much but uh my mom and dad have been uh business owners uh all my life right they've they came to the u.s in 1972 um my mom started out as a nurse and my dad was working for a um, for a hotel at the time but my mom had a vision And she eventually shared that vision with my dad. And that vision was in five years, they would own uh, an apartment uh, complex in Brooklyn, New York. And then uh, they would eventually go on to own a lot of other properties. And so, and you know, and by working hard and really sticking to their their, uh, uh, dream and uh, to their goals, they achieved that, you know, they, they were able to purchase a uh, eight-family apartment building um, back in the uh, 80s, right? Uh, and then from there, they just went on and purchased additional properties. Until this day, they've held on to these properties. And these properties are well worth uh, over millions now. They've, they've, they've held on to four properties. So, so I look at my parents. I look at what they were able to achieve. Um, and to be honest, that's, that's been my guiding light throughout, you know, uh, you know, throughout my career and just my life, looking at what they've been able to accomplish. Uh, they came here with nothing, you know, I mean, they had to learn how to speak English, like, you know, like a lot of uh, immigrants do, uh, back then. Um, so they had a lot of challenges that they had to overcome and they did. Um, so so uh i use them as my uh you know as my guiding star so to speak and to let me know that anything is possible if you're serious about it if you uh put your mind to it and you persevere through some of the challenges that may come come your way um but uh yeah no i told you. so to go back to what you were saying uh back in those days when you and i were having these uh conversations and everybody else was just you know not really I guess they you were know, being haters, in other words, you know, trying to let us know that hey, you know, we need to stay within our comfort zone here. Uh, I don't think you and I ever really believed that, and we all we had always, uh, you know, looked in the future. We we saw ourselves doing more than what we were doing at the moment.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That that that's uh, that's that's truly accurate and and sur- such a inspiring story how you were you were motivated by your parents. You know, for me, I, I had, you know, parents, my mom also being in the medical field and my dad uh, being a manager at the time of a cement uh, facility, uh, very much the same thing, you know, work ethics, goal oriented, uh, disciplinary, uh, you know, and all those type of things were, you know, as, as they say, you kind of cut from the cloth of, of your parents and, and your DNA is, is, is a composition of that. And so I got all those things kind of uh, dynamically, you know, infused in me that that made me the individual that I am. And, and you know, ultimately, as things kind of evolved with you and I uh, there at at White Oak at the, at the point in time. And of course, when you left then um, I think you left maybe like a year before I did or maybe seven or eight months. And I would and I was still there. I felt like, you know, my God, you know, I'm kind of. I'm kind of a fish out of water. I don't have anybody to really relate to. So it was like, you know, working a lot, going home, working a lot. And, and basically I began to realize when they went through what they call their T-low or workforce reduction, uh, after expanding to the 200 millimeter factory, I just decided at that point in time, it was best for me to leave because it was like, there was really no benefit for me to continue down a path that that journey was not really going to offer me the type of fulfillment that I wanted. And uh, I sat on my laurels for about you know six months or maybe four months before I moved up to Boston, uh, and which you know as as we start to talk about <laughs> me being in Boston and actually you being in 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 in, uh, in Maryland D.C. area, you yeah. know it's such it's, it's such a funny story. I mean because you you had basically at the time the entrepreneurial bug. You know you you had left you left the California company. What made you start Future Visions? What, what are the drivers behind that?
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So as you said correctly, I, I left about a year before you did, uh, I left wide open a year before you did. And, um, you know, went to work as a field service engineer with, uh, I think it was called quest to technology back in the days, but they were bought out by, uh, Canon. Um, you know, uh, so, yeah. So, um, so what really got me started in future visions was my back was against the wall so uh we were providing equipments and servicing those equipments and this was for um uh the cvd area the chemical vapor deposition uh, area if you, if you recall because you are you in the fusion yep, um, yep. so yeah so we had about six equipments CVD equipment uh, at uh, uh, Dominion Technology at the time in Manassas. Right. And so my boss was out in California and he said, Look, uh, Bernard, um, as you know, uh, our equipment are, be- are going to become obsolete. Uh, the customer is upgrading to, uh, I think it was 200 millimeters, because at the time we were doing 150 millimeters. Right, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, our equipment's not going to be able to handle 200 millimeters. And so, um, you know, we're going to have to, uh, you know, remove the equipment and our contracts are going to be ended. Now, as I recall, this was, I don't know, maybe uh, let's say March uh, of that year. Um, this was March of uh, 2000. I think March of 2000. Okay. Yep. So... You know, so then I started saying, oh, man, uh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to have to start looking for a new job here pretty soon or something. Now, the thing that struck me was that I wasn't going to be the guy that's going to be removing these equipments. You know, that I was going to be the guy that's going to be deinstalling the equipment, uh, doing everything, packaging them and sending them back to California. So, you know, I was honest with my boss. I said, look, you know. Um, Uh, He told me that by by June, I was going to be let go pretty much or they would try to see if they could transfer me elsewhere. But there was no other positions that were open because everybody at that time was upgrading to 200 millimeter. So we didn't have that technology at the time. So so anyways, um, I, you know, I said, you know, so the the wife and I, we we talked. I said, look, uh, you know, (laughs) looks like I'm going to have to be looking at a new job here pretty soon. Um, Then, you know. Then the idea came around, well, you know what? You're the expert on these tools. You're going to get laid off at some point, anyways. So I told myself, well, you know, I put you, you know, uh, why don't I create a company and provide a bid? Because, the, you know, the customer was going to ask our company to provide a bid for the installing those equipment. So I created a company. And I talked with the customer because, again, uh, me and the customer were pretty close because they know I did excellent work. And I answered their call, whether they called at three in the morning or 10 at night, I was always available. So I built that relationship with the customer. Uh, so I created the company, told my boss, hey, you know, just to let you know, um, I created this company um, and, you know, uh, just in case, you know, you guys, uh, the customer that doesn't accept your bid, I want to go ahead and bid against it. So I wanted to put that out there because I didn't want to seem like I'm doing some, you know, something uh, behind the, you know, some, some. Unethical. Unethical. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Unethical. So I did that. And, you know, he said, okay, I understand. So then uh, so they did go ahead and provide a quote. I didn't know what the quote was because this went straight to uh, Dominion's uh, procurement department. Um, I went ahead and provided my quote. Now, you know, truth be said, I mean, I kind of know what what my company's rates were because I work for the company. Uh, Right. But uh, so what I did was I went ahead and uh, put my rate half of their rate. So they were like charging like 300 bucks an hour. uh, And I charge 150 bucks an hour. So for the customer, it was a no brainer. They know that whether they went with the with the. with, with the company or they went with me I was gonna be the one that's gonna be the work doing the work anyways yep. uh, so that's how I got started uh, this was so this was uh, future visions it was a future visions LLC at the time and um, so that was my first contract I deinstalled installed uh, one equipment and the customer was very uh, pleased with my uh, with my performance uh, and then they went on and allowed me to install the remaining five uh, tools that we had on site. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after that, uh, you know, I said, look, um, I could, you know, I could offer you guys uh, some additional services. Um, you know, I could certainly save you guys a lot of money because at the time they were be installing all of the equipments that were 150 millimeter that couldn't upgrade no. to 100 millimeter. So it was you were talking about. Not just, not just the cvd area but you're talking about the photo area the wets area uh implants uh you know just basically all the the whole fab had to be retooled right yeah yeah uh,
1: hundreds hundreds of pieces of equipment hundreds yes of yeah of
0: equipment. hundreds of pieces of equipment. and mind you greg if you remember some of these equipments cost 25 million 50 million uh 10 million you know so these were high-priced equipment um, you know, and some of them, you know, had very dangerous gases in them. So you had to also do decontamination. Uh like, you know, uh, uh silane, right? Yep. HF That's and all these other dangerous stuff. Um so anyways, uh we we were able to put together uh a proposal to deinstall a lot of the diffusion equipment which you actually uh was very instrumental uh in <laughs> in uh, helping out, uh, and and then from there, it just kind of just you know went on. They they loved our prices, they loved our performances, uh, and the rest is uh, pretty history. I mean, because we spent seven seven years at that uh, particular site.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so I, I want to kind of bring our bring our audience up a little bit on on the fact of what you're talking about because you know you're talking a multi billion dollar facility and you know, you, as you stated, just, just realize you're going to lose your job. You, you've decided that you're going to start up an LLC. You've decided you're going to compete against your own company to put you in a better position. You know, that, that's kind of like, you know, going back to what we were talking about, you know, failure is not an option, but I think that, I think the real important story here is, is where you were starting to go to is the fact that, you know, here it is. I'm in Boston. You're in Maryland. I had no idea you, you started, this this company up and you know the two guys that that you had brought on board to help you out were also good friends of ours. Yes. And of course they were working for the competition at the time. Which is <laughs> Yeah, which 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 actually makes this story kind of comical because of the simple fact that these two guys, being as as technically uh, inclined as as I was, um, you know, they were kind of moonlighting. Uh, if if people out there know what moonlighting is all about, you know, you're working for a company and then you go work for somebody else, and uh, they were moonlighting for a couple weeks, and then apparently, as they were supporting you. Um, One of them happened to say something that he shouldn't have said. Well, we're working for the competition. (laughs) And uh, that put you in a bind and you knew how much money was on the table and how much was at stake. Again, thinking outside of the box, failure is not an option. And they said, you said to them, I believe that's what they told me. They said, Bernard asked us, who else can come down here and do this work either at your standard or better? And they all, but they both said, hey, "We only know one guy in the world that can do that." I mean, you know, and he's in Boston. Yep. And uh, when 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 they when they told you my name, I think you were like, "Really?" You know, you're like, <laughs> "Man, I haven't I haven't talked to that guy." And like, you know, I don't know. At that point, it had been like over a year, a year and a half. Right. Exactly. About two years. Yeah. Yep. About two years. About two years. And so I remember the day that I got the call. I was just getting back from from work myself when i was working for a a different semiconductor company and you know those two guys call me and they start telling me you know kind of the story they're like hey it's very lucrative you know you just got to go in and take out the equipment you know how to do all that stuff and you're an expert at it and all these different things and i just thought they were bullshitting me to be frankly honest And, and 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 ultimately you know after i told them i said well yeah go ahead give my give give my number to bernard and uh you called me up and, you know, we figured out how we could negotiate a deal. You were in a bind. You needed so many systems out by uh, by a certain time to basically uh, to kind of prove your point that you could catch back up with your customer. And I remember I said, you know what, what do I have to lose? You know, I, I, I thought through this. I said, well, my work schedule is really five days a week, but I can pretty much work four days a week, get on a plane on Thursday night and be on site in Virginia uh, on Friday morning and be prepared to kind of work basically 48 hours straight. Right. And so, and so that first, first system, I think it was the first two systems that we were trying to take out. And just to kind of paint a picture for everybody that's listening, these systems are like 12 feet in length by four feet across with miles and miles of cable and glass and, high pressure gases, high volume, you know, electricity, you name it, just all kinds of hazard, you know? And uh, I remember looking at you going, okay, what do we got to do? And you're like, okay, we got these two systems. And it was like within a 48 hour window. Cause when I got there, it was like a Friday and you had to have these systems broken down, tagged and ready to be shipped out on Monday. And uh, I said, okay, I said, okay. So knowing that I was there to support you having your back and knowing what was at stake. You know, I think I worked literally 48 hours with with whatever helpers you have provided to me to be able to get the work done. And I quickly realized at that point, not only from a context for, for your perspective, but even in the context for me, because, you know, I was like, you know what, this may be the first opportunity for me to kind of see firsthand how I could really move forward in a manner to not work for somebody else you know and and the semiconductor industry at the time was prime because like you said technology was changing facilities were closing so there was all types of capital equipment decommissioning jobs popping up literally all over the us and so within that first 48 hours even though we came up a little bit short at that point in time and you and i talked about it and you're like hey you know greg Appreciate all your help. You know, you did a great job. We'll finish up the rest before Monday rolls around because I had to get on a plane. And I remember flying back on a plane going, let me get my head screwed on right. I called you back and I said, Bernard, I said, you know what? Do you really want to do this? And you said, what do you mean do I really want to do this? You're like, you're 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 telling me this is my livelihood. This is my life. You know, this is, this is the only thing I've got. I've got banking. And of course, I had a full-time job and i told you i said all right Bernard, i'm going to commit to you every thursday night i'm on a plane and i'm going to work straight through sunday and i don't know how many weeks we did this but i had a plan when i came back down there and you were like holy crap man i can't believe you thought about this thing there was so much systematic approach there was like like building a car you know like like running it through for you know like running it through the ford dealership and I think at that point in time is where people realize, okay, we got a company that is not the equipment supplier. They're they're a third party, but yet they've got an expert on their staff, and they're outperforming us. And the competition was on at that point. And that was like the beauty of it for me. It was like, okay, you know what? I've got the entrepreneurial bug. I know how much I can support my friend here. I know how we can move this thing forward. And we're going to be the best in the game when it comes to doing what we do. And uh, to me, that was like, that was the bug for me, man. You, You gave me the bug. You say I gave you the bug, but you gave me the bug at that point in time because I was like, man, I'm ready to stop working for anybody else except for myself. I mean, I just knew at that moment it was like, okay, if I can figure this out, I can figure anything out, you know? And, uh, and that was great because of the simple fact that, you know, you had built a rapport with your customer, uh, at the time. And your customer was like, okay, you know what? We want this guy to come down here and do all this work. And then do you recall the time that we had like one issue? I was in Boston and, uh, the team that you had there on site they had gotten themselves into a little bit of trouble because they were afraid to deal with some of the hazardous gases yes. and chemicals and various things. And I remember you calling me up and you said, "Man, can you get on a plane and come down here right now?" This was like in the middle of the week, and I'm thinking, "Like, hey, I can't come down there right now. What seems to be the problem?" And uh, and you had said, "Well, this is what happened. You know, the guys went in. Uh, they were not being cautious. They didn't exercise the right safety parameters." things got out of control the customer's not happy he basically shut down you know our work and basically said if you can't get greg to come down here then you know you guys are gonna lose out and uh i still remember that to this day it was it was just so it was like an eye-opening experience you know
0: oh yeah These,
1: these other four guys were like you know uh we we don't want to go back in there if the hazards exist the way that you guys state that they are. And uh, I remember you saying to me, Hey man, whatever, whatever it takes, you know, failures, not an option, whatever it takes. And at that point in time it was probably the first time we got into kind of a little bit of a disagreement with regards to uh, how we were going to move forward. You know, at that point I had an idea, you had an idea uh, and, and, and things were, Things were still very much objective as far as getting the work done, but it was still based on the fact that, you know, I was wanting to kind of accelerate things, and you were like, "Hey, let's let's just kind of focus on what we got to do." And then I was kind of saying, "You know, you got a couple guys on on your staff here that, really, if they don't have the expertise, you need to can kind of consider to do things a little bit differently." Yeah. And I and I understood your point of view because of the simple fact that you were trying to help, yeah. you know, those that have helped you grow your company. And uh, ultimately, you end up making those decisions down the road. But uh, you know, I think at that point in time, it was it was really one of the things that I kind of started to to to, to first come to mind with regards to creating kind of my own my own entity. You know, because yes. because I was like, you know, I I don't want to have you know these type of situations where. You know, you got a guy that's more about flirting with the women, yeah, than about than about doing work. You know, to kind of be a part of my my brand, you know, and uh, you know that that was things that I was like, wow, you know, how 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 can we move beyond this? <laughs> yeah,
0: no, you know what? Everything you said is a hundred percent accurate. Uh, it's just that you know, and like you said, I think I um, you know, I gave a lot of value to loyalty. Uh, like you said, I um. Some of these guys were the ones that uh, helped me to get the company where it was at the time, and you know allowed me to be able to continue bidding. But then, as we grew and you know more expectations in terms of being a more professional company Ooh. came upon us, um, some of these guys unfortunately couldn't adapt to that growth, right? So uh, we really couldn't grow with them. But at the same time, I was stuck. Well, you know these guys did help me out quite a bit. So how do I just let them go like that? and that's where i think you were really um more of a better businessman at that moment than i was because you were able to clearly see what, what you know what had to be done and i just i wasn't ready for it um right and right. we both know that the the guys that were we're talking about we, we know, we're not we're not going to name names but yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. So at that time, yeah, you did go on and created your company, which be- became very successful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, you, 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 uh, you saw a niche that I didn't see as well and you, you, you uh, capitalized on it um, Right. Uh, until this day. It's, uh, it served you well.
1: Yeah. 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 Because, you know, at, at that point in time, you know, I was thinking, what happens after all of the factories have kind of deinstalled all of their equipment and if we were not going to go overseas to reinstall it then hey what's going to be the next thing for us to do right. you know so, so I was I was very much like you was back you know when you first started up Future Vision still being a young entrepreneur still trying to figure out okay we have an engineering service company but you know that engineering service company may be out of service may be out of opportunities to provide services. Right. So what am I going to do next? And, and that's kind of when I began to kind of morph at that point in time, you know, around 2004, for me, was was really about stepping away from the semiconductor industry and starting to morph, uh, at the time, prolific technologies into more of a management, you know, advisory consultancy firm where we were providing more advisory and management functions dealing with project controls. And, uh, you know, not to say that that was easy at the time, but, you know, we, we did have some inroads that allowed for us to take not only the semiconductor experience and, and leverage that into our management experience, but we also had projects that allowed for us to do that as well. Because, you know, I went full circle from being an employee at White Oak And then going off working for another uh, uh, capital equipment company, and then working for you, and then turning back around, coming back being a subcontractor to White Oak. (laughs) Yes. yes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's a very crazy business.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 So,
0: but you know, one thing that I want to mention to our audience and to our listeners is that, you know, um, You know, we've encountered a lot of challenges, you know, as you mentioned, you know, some of the guys that, you know, uh, were flirting with some of the customers, uh, employees and, you know, I remembered uh, several times where I I was contacted by the customer's HR and it was about one of my employees. And, you know, I I, I had to deal with that situation. And so uh, I had to let go of. You know a few people's unfortunately because of potential sexual harassment um allegations um and just you know a small business you, you're wearing so many different hats uh you know you're the other you know when we initially started i was the i was the hr guy i was the, the 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 payroll guy i mean i was the supervisor i was the the guys providing the bids uh i was the guy giving the weekly updates to the customer. So. Um, you know, you've got all these hats that you're wearing uh, initially and it's like, you know, it's it's it, it's tough but you learn a whole lot and you learn oh, how yeah. to deal with people and you find out what you need to do to keep the customer happy at the end of the day but uh, it, 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 it was challenging.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah and you know, even even after uh, you know, we, we would have, you know, our, our day-to-day sessions with regards to what was going on there, you know, even after you know me moving on, we still maintain a very solid, you know, fundamental relationship that we can always utilize each other as as, as sounding boards. Because even though you were still supporting that company for seven years, I was off doing you know other other things uh, to try and you know kind of be a pioneer in different extremities of offering uh, the same type of engineering services, but in a little bit different context or flavor than, than taking out equipment. And so overall, ultimately, you know, the, the struggles that we both face that, that we kind of endure was the simple fact. And, 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 and I like to kind of just put it into the context of of this, you know, we were young, we were minorities, we were, we were competing against multi-million dollar, multi, yeah, multi-million dollar organizations. We were winning work, but yet, we were also being shunned upon, based on you know the, the the simplest things, because of the simple fact that we didn't have our policies and procedures and rigor kind of kind of uh, kind of uh, flushed out. We were learning on the fly, and and basically, we both knew you know you had a family, I had a family. We knew that failure was kind of not an option for us. I mean, we had to figure this stuff out, regardless of the hours, the time, the sacrifice, you know, everything had to kind of come into a balance and that balance was you in your business and that balance was me in my business as trying to make sure that we could we could we could flourish and that we could thrive in an in an ever evolving and changing world that we were living in at that at that point in time because the thing was is that you know, what most people don't realize is the fact that Being a minority and dealing in those type of industries when there's not very many of you, yeah, you got to be smart, you got to be educated, you have to perform well, but it goes above and beyond that. With the eye contact that is on you and what you have to deal with in the overall essence of performance, you know, most people always refer back to those days as like, man, how did Greg help you out so much? It was like he was like three bodies in one you know with 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 the with the amount of work and and in effort and efficiency that we had to crank out just to be able to perform and so you know to our listeners that are out there listening to this we're talking like some 20 some odd years ago you know 20 20 plus years ago right. that us as being pioneers were faced with this adversity and these type of challenges and struggles that we had to basically figure out if we're still going to play in the big leagues well, how do we play in the big leagues and still outperform, outwit, and outdo these guys that really don't want to give us an opportunity unless we're doing all of these things above and beyond these multi-million dollar corporations? And to me, bro, that was crazy, man. That it was. was absolutely crazy. It was, you know, and I would
0: venture to say that I think uh, we were probably, maybe the only minority or black owned company i guess at the time in the semiconductor industry i mean you and i had a conversation about that and i couldn't think of any at the time uh, did you ever find any that were no not at all yeah i mean not it was, at all. yeah so it was a very uh specialized area and not many people not many minorities got into this kind of business uh you know women were not really uh you know well known to be part of this uh uh uh, atmosphere of this business but you know Craig, one thing i wanted to mention to you is you know again going back to failure is not an option um so again just like uh, the first time when i seen the writing on the wall with me potentially getting fired or laid off rather uh because the technology was changing you know i also saw that the semiconductor industry was changing as well and so Mm -hmm. when i seen that you know i said you know what I need to start diversifying. I need to start looking for other opportunities. And so, you know, uh, as you've mentioned at the beginning of the uh, podcast, you know, the numerous companies that I've uh, created, some uh, I've shut down uh, since then, but uh, some of the other ones are still uh, active. But one of the companies that I created was Future Visions Entertainment and Future Visions Relocation. So Future Visions Entertainment, was a company that i created to basically uh scout and recruit uh young upcoming artists and people that had just various talents and so uh my hope was to create a record label uh i went as far as actually creating a company called genesis records which was a subsidiary of uh future visions entertainment and so uh it was very exciting because, you know, I hadn't done this before and you know, I you know, I I I had read about it and, and a lot of people had mentioned that hey, there's a lot of potential here, just you know, again, just like mm-hmm. there was in the semiconductor industry at the time. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so uh created the company. Um and again I was using the resources from Future Visions, which was mm-hmm. still active. So I was using some of the income that was coming from there to fuel Future Vision Entertainment. And so we uh, we um, we opened up an office in Atlanta, and I had my brother at the time, who lived in Atlanta, manage uh, that office. And he was, you know, he was holding um, weekly events, you know, uh, um, open mic uh, nights where you know people would come in and showcase their talents, and then uh, we would have like a finale after three months. And whichever artists emerged, you know, we would then sign them up and really try to uh, mentor them, uh, you know, to help us with our record label. Um, and then as you noticed, uh, we even went as far as to, we, we went to Nigeria, went to Ghana and created a lot of competitions there. Uh, I got Nigeria's Next Top Model, uh, uh, you know, best artists. Um, so, uh, so we did that and, Uh, you know, try to get that going. And at the same time, we also created another company called Future Visions Relocation uh, Services and also created, uh, opened another office in Atlanta that was for just relocation services. We bought a couple of trucks and had some employees just managing that business. And that went on uh, for a good over two years and that was very successful as well. Um, So, um, yeah, failure is not an option as I mentioned to you. It's like, you know what, just because one opportunity is coming to an end, does not mean that uh, you, you know, your future has to come to an end. You have to look outside the box, uh, look for the other opportunities, open up a new chapter, and keep it going.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know, also on 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 top of that is is a, is a simple fact that, you know, you and I we 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 enjoy. The grind because we knew we had to go through the grind to endure what we wanted to endure, but also we had to be extremely, extremely creative and 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 the two things that, or should I say, at least the one thing that kind of brought us really together is that in a lot of aspects we operated kind of in a, in an opposite way of capacity. <laughs> you know, yeah. you you were more more humbling, more more. Um, more uh charismatic in 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 kind of like how you handle you know various aspects of 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 your business and for me i was always still coming out of that engineering mindset still very you know uh, you know kind of more technically astute and always just kind of yes no you know calculation this that you know so forth and so on and a lot of people just found that kind of like hey this guy's just too much we we can't (laughs) have We can't have soft talk with this guy because he, you know, he's he's like he's above us or, you know, he's he's outside of our space. And I think, you know, some of the takeaways for me was understanding how to ground myself a little bit if I was going to continue to be successful in business. Because, you know, those things, those soft skills, those important attributes were still very much something that I was still trying to cultivate and learn because of the simple fact that you know, here it is, I'm coming out from being an an employee and now I've got a company and there was really no, like, like we talked about earlier, there were no role models for us, No, you know, no, no guides, you know, for us to be able to do this. So, uh, so I, I, I appreciate you for basically kind of sharing, you know, those aspects with me because. They're important, you know, and I mean, even even to the day, you know, they they still they still kind of transcend uh, me as an individual for for what we went through back then. And and, and looking back, that was a long time ago. But when you when you as as we've been talking about this now on this podcast, it almost seems like it was yesterday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No, you're right. right. I mean, in business, like you said, you know, you um, you cannot be black and white in business. There, there's, you know, you have to be able to engage in some of these, as you mentioned, uh, soft talks or these little um, conversations that may not necessarily, you know, having to do with the business, but they build relationships, they build rapport. And that is just as important as uh, the service that you could provide, your capabilities. Uh, if you um, if the customer doesn't feel comfortable with you they don't feel like they can engage with you or they could relate to you that's gonna impact uh, your position with the customer so mm-hmm. uh, developing those uh, you know personal uh, interactions with the customer is very important
1: yeah 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 absolutely absolutely so so here here's here's kind of I mean it's not a not a question to uh, To trip you up or anything like that, but obviously, you know, so much time has passed and, you know, even being in the position that I'm in today and and running, you know, several businesses very much like, like you are, uh, you know, I do think back and I say, man, you know, if, if we could have just kept our heads screwed on right and allowed for ourselves to put aside our differences and, you know, even though, you know, we we're still brothers and we acted like brothers even back then, you know, and, and been able to kind of find that, that middle ground, you know, collectively, where would we be, you know, because I mean, looking back, that would have been 20 some odd plus years yes. of, of future vision success. Yes. You know, if, if, if we'd have still been connected kind of at the hip of being able to kind of keep ourselves, you know, uh, Braided together, you know, in in the in the course of how our journey unfolded. I mean, that's that's always something that I think about, you know, every now and then when I look back. What what about yourself?
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I I you know I think back and and I you know and I wonder uh, where would we be had things been different? Had we continued the partnership that uh, we were in with Future Visions and you know uh, and explored all the opportunities together. Uh, as partners Mm -hmm. um i want to say that we would have been uh we we would have been a force to be reckoned with uh i want to say we we probably would have been a this multi-million if not a, a billion dollar business at this point because uh your energy your motivation uh as well as my creativity um my business skills uh, I mean, these, these things combined would really, I mean, would, would be limitless in terms of our, our potentials, you know, uh, of attacking various markets and uh, just being able to uh, expand our services and our businesses. Um, but, you know, uh, I always say things happen for a reason. And here we are 20-something years later. Like you said, we're still brothers. We engage and we have conversations all the time. Uh, you know, um, running ideas by each other, trying to get a gauge on certain things. And so, um, you never know, you know, that, uh, we're still young. Uh, there's still a lot of things there that, uh, we could do. So we'll see. This is, this is just, uh, you know, the, the book hasn't been finished written yet.
1: Yeah. 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 The chapter, the chapter's not over. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, look, Bernard, we uh, we certainly definitely appreciate you uh, being on uh, the podcast today and, and, and kind of sharing some of those things that, you know, as as we talked about, you know, being two young minority entrepreneurs looking to kind of venture out on our own some 20 some odd years ago. I mean, it, it, it's 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 been a journey, you know, and, uh, you know, besides the -the out-of-the-box thinking and 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 kind of trying to overcome adversity and as you stated earlier not listening to to kind of the naysayers or the haters because you know ultimately you know you 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 brought it up a point very well you know you make your own decision it's a it's a conscious choice if you decide you're going to go and be successful then by god you're going to you're going to do what you have to do to be successful and uh you know, we, we overcame a lot of stuff, man. I mean, you know, I I look back, I look back and I'm still laughing right now, still giddy to me that how in the hell did I get on a plane every Thursday, literally work 48 hours. I mean, the only time I left the factory was like to grab lunch. I mean, sometimes I remember you would be like, great. Why did you even get a hotel? Because you're not even going to sleep there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's good. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it was it was just crazy, man. It's crazy what we what we endured, but uh, you know, we had that mindset, like you know, like we talked about. You know, it's just like we're we're determined to overcome and 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 see the best possible outcome of of, of, of our of our effort and our labor, and uh, we were just not going to give up. And man, it's 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 just been great to remember all this stuff, you know. No, it has, and I tell you
0: what, um, I feel like. We we could spend another 24 hours having this conversation and (laughs) I mean really, you know, it's uh, I'm I'm really enjoying it, uh, reminiscing and just, you know, I mean, 20 years ago, things were so much different. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, man, here we are in uh, 2020 and, you know, technologies have changed, uh, ways of doing business have changed and we're still around and we are adapting to these changes, right? Um, and so, you know, it, it's, it's a blessing, but it's also uh, a testament to us being able to, uh, to really uh, think outside the box and to, uh, to look at the future. Um, right now, you know, I'm, look at me, I'm doing cybersecurity. Now, would you have thought 20 years ago I'd be in cybersecurity? Probably not. I didn't know I was going to be in cybersecurity, but I happen to be in cybersecurity. And I tell you, um, I see that as being uh, the future uh, in terms of you know technology and in terms of making uh, a good business. And so that's why I've, I've uh, decided to go this route. Um, but as we come to the close of this podcast, I, I did want to just mention a, a, a few things, if you don't mind, to sure, sure, go ahead to our to our listeners, and that is. And as I've mentioned before, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You only grow by being uh, uncomfortable with your situation. You know, you have to be brave. You got to be bold. You got to be confident. Um, And again, as I mentioned before, don't let people tell you what you can and can't do. Um, Always have a can-do attitude. um, And you have to always think outside the box. And one thing that's worked for me is fake it till you make it. (laughs) You have to. You know, the, the, Craig. How many times? I, I'm sure somebody asked you, or a customer asked you. You know, can you do this? And what's your answer, Craig?
1: Oh yeah, we can. We can take care of that. <laughs>
0: and you have no <laughs> idea
1: how you're going to do it, right? <laughs> so, exactly.
0: exactly. Exactly. So you know, you have to basically, you know, uh, do whatever you got to do to get to get it done. And um, you know that's going to make you grow that's going to make you realize that you know what <laughs> i've come a long ways and uh and, and 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 that's what you know i keep in my mind every day it's like i cannot fail now i cannot failure is not an option doesn't mean that uh I, you know i've i've obviously started a lot of ventures that were not successful but that's not failure failure is in my mind is just never having tried and just giving up you know that's failure so I want to just make sure people understand when we say failure is not an option. It's just that, yeah, in the real sense, you could have a startup and the startup didn't go very well. It failed, but you as a person did not fail because you continued moving forward. You went on to the next opportunity.
1: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and back to your comment about, you know, what do you tell your customers? I mean, hell at this stage for, for, for you and I, I mean, we've got 20 years. I mean, there's, there's not a lot besides, you know, the things that are that are evolving, you know, from a technological standpoint that we haven't been there and done that. So, so literally, if we're telling a client now that hey, yeah, we can do that, well, guess what? We 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 probably do have the capability of being able to do that because uh, we we've already had enough uh, bumps on our heads and everything else to know, uh, you know, how to how to get get out of these type of situations. Well, look, Bernard, you know, this has been great, man. Um, you know, it's been a blessing, you know, to have you on on the podcast, you know. And I'm, I'm going to leave just basically with with kind of uh, three, three sayings, you know. One, as we've talked about, failure is not an option. And I think Bernard has kind of uh, really emphasized that, you know, it's really what you take away from your failures and, and, and how you pick yourself back up. Uh, in order to be able to move forward uh, not only in life but but also in business. And then you know the other thing here is it's be in the grind, you know because when we were coming up, there was no overnight success to anything. you know you had to be in the grind. you had to be a part of the process, you had to be a part of the effort. And as you've already alluded to, be creative, you know and uh, the last thing that I admire you for, And, uh, you know, I will always continue to admire you for Bernard is be humble, you know, and, uh, and, and with all that being said to our listening audience, we know there's a lot going on out there in the world today, social injustice and uprising and pandemic. But if you're listening to this podcast, certainly we want you all to be safe. Have a happy 4th of July. Bernard, my brother, I appreciate you being on board. God bless you. And to everybody out there, this is Gregory Proctor. Cut to the chase. Bye-bye. Thank you.